0: Hello, Nevadans. This is the NV Politics podcast where we discuss local political hot topics in the state of Nevada to keep you informed on what's going on. We're your hosts. I'm Dominique Labonte.
1: And I'm Tim Hannafin.
0: And we're recording this episode of NV Politics on May 4th, 2023. So let's
1: get into it.
0: All right. May the 4th be with you. It's that day.
1: <laughs> yes. And I've kind of, I've learned that they've turned it. Someone pointed this out today. Uh-huh. And then I thought I, it spurred an even deeper thought that I'd kind of been stewing on for the past couple days, but this day didn't exist 10 years ago.
0: That's like it true. Didn't,
1: it didn't really even exist five years ago. Yeah. And it's such <laughs> it started a started like, coming
0: along probably about then.
1: Yeah, and it's become such a like just corporate holiday. Like it feels like a Hallmark holiday on steroids because mm-hmm. it starts on the first. Oh, weird. Because there, it's like I was doing some shopping and it's like, yeah, may the first be with you. And I'm like, well, it still works. I'm not going <laughs> to deny that. But like, dang.
0: <laughs> yeah. I had multiple people today ask me if I like Star Wars. And um, I guess controversial thing here.
1: We're (laughs) going to save that whole conversation for just another podcast because I could go on and on in droves about how becoming an old man has changed views towards Star Wars and many things and... It was a staple of my childhood and I am no longer a fan. It's a large it's a oh. Yeah. No, that's why it's like it's uh, okay. a whole different okay, podcast. Okay. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, <laughs> there fair. is some there is some deep emotions there, okay.
0: <laughs> we won't open that can. We're gonna get into our topics and move right along here. So what we're gonna be covering today is the First voting deadline that happened on April 25th. And then we're going to do our rehash segment. So we're going to include a couple of the bills that were previously mentioned and their status. Uh, And we're going to, once we get into that main section, we're going to talk, just do a high level recap of some bills that were passed. And then from there, we'll get on to our broke our brain segment, and we'll wrap it up. Shall we jump into the rehash, Tim?
1: Yes, mostly because I forgot that we we do the rehash. So
0: So the first uh, part of the rehash is AB 182, which was a bill that would require a bachelor's degree for substitute teaching licenses. So we We're talking about this uh, when we were discussing, we actually revisiting Nevada education and this bill was pushed forward and we were kind of like, hey, is this the time to start increasing our qualifications for our substitute teachers? And yeah, it seems like everybody, well, not everybody, because the vote was 2220, but it did pass through the assembly. So there will soon be, uh, we'll see if it gets through uh, the, the next part of the house and if that fully passes, but AB 182, yep. it is safe for now. And then there was an update to restorative justice that Tim had some thoughts on.
1: Yes. So restorative justice, that is AB 285 is the bill that is alive and well. And that is around justice within schools. From what I'm understanding, there is also the AB 330, which is specifically the governor's bill. On rolling back the restorative justice. Yes. From what I understand, I think she dead but I'm not sure. No, 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 it's in the Senate. Dang it! All right. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I thought that one was dead. That one's not dead. We also have AB168, which is the bill that came a different bill that came out of the Assembly. That one's from Angie Taylor that one is also alive and well essentially we have these competing bills but the key thing to that I at least wanted to talk about is the fact that Angie Taylor an educator herself has said hey we're open to amending these bills so even though these bills seem to be moved forward and they seem to be going against everything that we thought our edu- our educators wanted which yeah. was you know students in their classrooms or staying in their classrooms mm-hmm. they're saying they recognize that they have to find a middle ground, I think is what they're more or less calling for. This is an important thing, but we need to be watching both of these bills to see where they end up and how they go. I'm 285 is in the Senate and 330 is also in the Senate. So we're waiting for them to be heard by the Senate Committee on Education. Yep. Uh, I, this is, ironically enough, a crunch time. It might not seem like it, but we are rapidly approaching the end of our actual legislative session.
0: Which is wild. Feels like it just started.
1: Yes. Yeah. And uh, we've had this discussion on a prior (laughs) episode, so we won't rehash it too much, but system don't work. Mm -hmm. With that being said, we need to be putting pressure on these on our senators to get these bills pushed forward Yep. on the flip side. If there's a bill in the assembly, we need to be putting pressure on our assembly people to be putting those bills forward. Mm -hmm. We need to be writing to writing to our representatives and saying, Hey, we want this on the floor. We want this to be spoken on. Please get this, get this a hearing. This needs to be happening from all of us.
0: Yep. Do the thing.
1: There are no hearings scheduled for either bill. AB330 was discussed in the the Senate Committee on Education. It has not been voted on or moved out. Okay. It's just been more or less as they said mentioned.
0: Well, all right.
1: Cool. Put well, pressure get these moved forward or at least reach out to our representatives and say, Hey, we want to see something like this, but we want to see it amended.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, that's our rehash segment. And now we're going to get into our main topic, which was to give a quick update on the bills that maybe were pushed forward somewhere left to die uh, after this first deadline on the 25th that were voted through the first house. And so all the bills that got introduced, they needed to be voted on uh, before being sent to the other house. So we're going to rush through some of these. First, I do want to shout out to the incredible coverage that the Nevada independent has done on this current session. Uh, many, if not most of our updates are taken from their live update post from April 24th, and so there were a handful of bills that were left to die. They mentioned this, but they didn't lay them out. So we're going to talk about the few that we felt were worth mentioning that were pushed forward. A bill that was seeking to increase felony penalties, including greater fines and sentence lengths for those guilty of traffic trafficking fentanyl in amounts upward of four grams that, uh, these were bills SB 35 and SB 343. They are both being pushed forward. So we'll see how that continues through the house.
1: Our readers do definitely need to be reading what the ACLU has put forward on some of these policies and what the, uh, Many of the DAs and and district attorneys have said on these bills as well, there have been a lot of misrepresentations from, Mm. I think, both sides, or at least from one side or the other. Get all your facts, and that's why I'm being so cautious on saying anything, because a lot of hands are being pointed in both directions of, like, things (laughs) being said that aren't legally true. Okay. Educate yourselves, please.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Before I jump into the bills around voting and elections, I have literally one note. There was a bill that limits charter school funding, SB 344. It sounds like that is being passed through. I don't have all of the details, um, but... It is another topic on education that is one that I know I'm going to be looking at closely just because moving around all the funding, it can get interesting when we're talking about this for education funds and what that looks like. So SB 344 is one that we will likely come back to. Yes. And now to move on, there's a, a couple left here that are probably going to be more exciting to talk about. So one of them are the bills around the voting and elections. There are are several, actually. So there's the SB 404, which is in regards to earlier ballot counting, which we've talked about, I'm a fan of. Let's count those ballots earlier instead of the entire country waiting on us to count them later.
1: No, 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 they have to wait. They have (laughs) to be on edge for Nevada. (laughs) All eyes must be on us.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. yeah, it's embarrassing. And then SB406, criminalizes threats, intimidation, and violence toward election workers. Don't know why that's not already a thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's important because I think that it's a job where, and to your point, you don't know why it's not there. It's Who would think that you would need protections being an election worker? It's a job that is not inherently dangerous,
0: sure, but has
1: been made dangerous in our modern socio-political environment that we are living in.
0: That's a good way of putting it.
1: It's it's scary. And we want to be doing everything that we can do to protect these individuals so that Mm -hmm. they can feel safe doing their jobs and that they can perform their jobs well. It's far easier to make sure you're counting things correctly when you're not feeling like you're being threatened because yeah. you have a clear head and you can focus on counting. It, it's just simple logic. If you're not being threatened, you can focus on the task at hand. This is very; These are very important things. Mm-hmm.
0: So let's it, it, get that bad boy passed for sure. Yes. <laughs> and then there was this one I am particularly excited about, if I'm honest, which is SB133 that seeks to criminalize fake electors, like the one that occurred in 2020 in the state of Nevada around the presidential election from some GOP members. And that was a whole ordeal. I want to say there were like six of them. So yeah, I am particularly excited to see where these bills around elections and voting land, some interesting ones. All right. So another bill that passed one house is AB 354, which is on gun reform. And ultimately, this would criminalize bringing a gun within 100 feet of an election site. So this is why this one was tied closely to those other bills
1: we just talked about. Yeah, To the the point that you made earlier, it's kind of strange that this doesn't exist yet. But to the point that I was making Mm -hmm. earlier, who's to think that they're carrying (laughs) a gun to an election site? Like it's... Uh, it's one thing if, if we were in a state that was still heavily ranch land mm-hmm. and I could very much see, a I could see this causing a lot of problems because you'd have ranchers having their, you know, six irons on their hip and it's just easier to, you know, just stop by in the middle of their work day and they're not going to, it, it, that's a convenience thing, yeah. but we kind of live in, you know a modern era where it's more intimidating and they've cr- it it's made it worse. Like I, yep. I can see both sides of this where like good For old sure. Nevada of me is like, no, I want to carry my six iron with <laughs> it's just easy. I don't want to put it in my glove box. But like, <laughs> I very much understand why this is a thing because it's not, it's not necessarily targeting those people. Mm-hmm. It's targeting the ones that are bringing around, you know, semi-automatic rifles and shotguns and they're packed to the T and they Mm -hmm. are trying to intimidate. Yeah. And it's, it's the few, (laughs) yeah, it's the few bad kids in the class that are ruining it for everyone else. I hate to say it, but yeah, is what it is. We need it.
0: Yeah. So again, ultimately, like I said, this would criminalize bringing a gun within a hundred feet of an election site and clean up legal definitions of unfinished frame or receiver as part of the state's attempt to ban so-called ghost guns. And and
1: I that one ahead. is I've had some talks with some people on that and I I have to have them again but I can't quite fathom the idea behind that because their whole argument against it is well we don't have a problem with ghost guns and it's like well yeah we don't have a problem but like they should still be tracked they should still have yeah. a serial number yeah. on it there should still be a way to like tie it to Mm -hmm. something like it
0: yeah absolutely
1: there needs to be a way to track these we've seen an increased use of them almost every week i'm opening up a news app to Mm -hmm. another shooting occurring something else happening something's got to happen we got to do our part
0: yep agreed um, and to your point they made earlier, Tim, opponents of this bill are citing concerns about the potential issues presented by people with concealed carry permits who inadvertently find themselves within a hundred feet of a polling location, such as a grocery store or mall. Uh, and, uh, and we just I- have to have more. Aware- Look, if you're going to have a gun, be a responsible gun owner. I, I mean, you know,
1: and learn that's- the laws. Well, it, I have yet to actually go through one of the courses, but from my understanding, part of the concealed weapons training in our state is knowing the laws and knowing where you can and cannot conceal your firearm. It is that, part
0: of it. It's a written that, test and, and a shooting like, test. I've done it.
1: <laughs> so that falls on to their, that falls on to the person with the gun. like, I'm sorry. It, yes. That's a crappy defense for something like this. Cause it's like, well, yeah, they should know. Mm-hmm. Sorry. But like, I you can't you can't say oh they randomly sprung up a polling location in my in my uh, uh, grocery store while I was shopping. No, it was already sprung up and labeled prior to you entering the store. Mm-hmm. You see that, and it's like oh well, got to keep it in the glove box for yep. this trip. Like that's right. I don't know. I
0: yep. All right, moving along from the guns. Guns are touchy. So uh, another bill that was pushed through one of the houses is SB 394. And this is a bill that would require legislative oversight of tax abatements. If we, as we have discussed many times on this podcast, uh, more recently, the te- Tesla tax abatements, So, ultimately, they would require legislative approval for any tax abatements totaling more than $500,000, removing the power from the governor's office of economic development. I have a feeling that the governor might attempt to veto this one. (laughs) Don't take my power. But we'll see, because he's been... The one shaking the hands with Elon and attempting well, to, to to get the A's here, right? All uh, that yeah, stuff. I was about to
1: say, this transitions into a topic that you didn't have labeled out, but I definitely want to dive into. The Oakland A's stadium <laughs> may or may not be coming to Las Vegas. Um, I mm-hmm. am as much of a baseball fan as in I only watched game seven of the Cubs World Series. I'm a Cubs <laughs> fan. I'm that bad of a fan. I will preface with this. Now, do I have a problem with sports? Yes. Is my (laughs) problem with this that it is sports? No. Uh, So just a couple things before I actually get into the numbers. Do it. Uh, So they're asking for $500 million to build the Oakland A's Stadium in Las Vegas from the state. Uh, Steve Yeager, he's pretty much said that uh, without a bill, this is dead. And we've already highlighted that we're rapidly approaching deadlines, like the end of the session. And we still haven't even seen a bill text for this stadium. Mm -hmm. He's given a deadline of a week to get this bill in. Um, already, I can just hear the red flags and ding, 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 special session, special <laughs> session, special session. Uh, they're already kind of making jokes about it on Twitter because guess what? It's going to happen. There is definitely sure. a days till the next special session is called count on Twitter. It's, it's happening. Uh, <laughs> with that being said, it will probably end up there, not in this session When we actually look at the numbers, though, they're asking for 500 million and they're claiming it's going to bring all of these visitors to Las Vegas. If you read the Nevada Independent article today on the analysis of that, they more or less said, okay, so the stadiums that were recently built that had those estimates or had estimates of the amount of tourists that they would draw to a city, grossly overestimated the amount of tourists that they drew. Mm Mm-hmm. The amount of tourists that the A Stadium is claiming it will draw is 400,000 people annually, uh, and the math more or less breaks down to if the stadium is built and statistics happen, it will bring about 5,000 people per game, and they play 81 home games. Uh, mm. Five times 81, I don't think, is 500 million, but mm. it's it's late in the night, so I'm not trying to do that mental math. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like know, It's I... physically not there. They talk about the AAA team that Las Vegas has recently brought in. Not the uh, Aces, but it's like the Las Vegas Aviators. Something and like that. And they have a 10,000-person stadium where they generally only fill about 30% of it. Wow. Uh, or, oh, no, they fill 70% of it. Sorry. Okay. not okay. They leave 30% of it empty, but it's still they're only bringing in about 7,000 people in their games. It it the math doesn't I don't fully understand the math because it's sports math, but I I read 500 million and the flags go up because that's how much the Oakland stadium took from our state budget mm. and that money was funneled from the general fund which was supposed to go to our education and then our education fund had to use our rainy day fund to like fill that hole so we lost a huge amount of money that like yeah i mean technically it didn't we didn't lose it from the education budget but like we didn't gain it and yeah. we we're supposed to gain it um, i think it's
0: okay to just say let's look look this is exciting that nevada is becoming a sports town but we don't have to do all the sports overnight like let's just Let's just slow it down a little bit.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think, and this might be even more controversial, but do we have to do all the sports in the South?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, oh, yeah, bring some an- up here. Yeah. Another key point that they made was just the simple amount of flights that they have to Vegas mm-hmm. can't bring enough people. To facilitate the amount of tourists that the stadium was promising.
0: That's a very interesting
1: point. Yeah, there aren't enough direct flights from the East Coast to Vegas, and you have to make too many stops getting there, and it will deter baseball fans from making quick trips when they just want to make a day game.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, Southwest is just puddle jumpers. You're going to be traveling all day before you get here
1: yeah and that's going <laughs> to deter that that will deter people. It will make it harder. they said, and I don't know if this is true, but they said that the Oakland As play a lot of East Coast teams hmm. makes that difficult yeah it, it it doesn't make it easier if you move it up here, but it at least puts some of the strain not fully on Vegas and brings some money i don't know to other parts of the freaking state puts other parts of the state on the map. I don't know it'd kind of be nice but we also have our own infrastructure problems up here just like mm-hmm. Vegas, so it's a catch 22. To your point, we don't need to do it all at once.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens.
1: Also, if we keep taking stuff from Oakland, they're going to come for us eventually. Like
0: <laughs> They're probably happy. I,
1: I don't know. <laughs> I mean,
0: I think there's a reason that they're not doing great there, right? Like <laughs> I mean, I, clearly I something's I, not working well. <laughs> Okay, so we digress. We jumped into the Oakland A's. We talked about SB 394. Again, the legislative oversight of tax abatements and potentially stripping the governor of his power, which I just cannot see him signing that. Uh, And then we're going to go into the last bill in this segment that we wanted to make sure to talk about. And this is a bill that is unique to Nevada, Nevada this particular situation that we're addressing here. And that is the ban on sundown siren. So ultimately it's talking about, uh, banning the sirens and loopholes. So in 2021, AB 88 was passed to prevent sounding the sirens that were originally intended to, and this is quote, alert people of color to leave town by a certain time, end quote, then was evolved into a siren that honors first responders. So that's what AB88 was supposed to do. And SB391, which is the one that's currently uh, being voted on, would close this loophole and just ban the siren use altogether. So Tim has some personal insight to this particular one, so I'm going to let Tim, just just share more with us.
1: It was the fall of 2009. <laughs> I was throwing... Oh, well, no, I wasn't throwing. I was dropping a football at my football <laughs> practice because I'm not coordinated at sports in any way, shape, or form. And in the distance, I hear this loud-ass siren. And I ask my coach, what's that siren? Mm-hmm. And he responds by saying, oh... That's the nightly siren to tell us when dinner time is. Wow. That was the fucking lie that was said about that siren until this last legislation, this legislation actually came to light. That's the lie that was told to the kids in the town that this siren was happening because I grew up in Minden, Nevada. Mm -hmm. I, for the longest time, didn't know that it was the sundown siren to tell everyone who wasn't white to get out of town. Because it makes a lot of sense if you've ever read Nevada's official or like Nevada's first constitution, it's really racist. With that being said, this is a racist relic of that time long past. Mm -hmm. And the lies that were said was, oh, yeah, well, it was just to tell us when dinner was. It's just to tell us, you know, when when the day was over or it was like to, you know, tell the workers it was time to go home. And it was never that. Right. Up until... these
0: people who told you that, they obviously knew that, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, of course, I grew up in a town where there were... And I've heard this from someone else, so I have no problem actually saying this because I said something very similar growing up. But there were five black kids in our entire high school. Yeah. Like, there were not a lot of... There wasn't diversity in Minden, Nevada, With that being said, you have to own your history so that you're not teaching more bigotry and more hatred Mm -hmm. and just making the problem worse. Mm -hmm. If I would have known that the siren was to actually say, if you're not white, get out of town. Well, shit, there's half my football practice going home right there. So Mm -hmm. practice is over. Like, because they weren't white, but they weren't necessarily African-American. They might have been Hispanic. They might have been... but. You know, they Native American, the mm-hmm. huge population, but they weren't white. Yeah. And this was changed to, oh, we're honoring, you know, our firefighters or yeah. whatever. <laughs> after this legislation was passed, to say, hey, you can't have these racist relics. Mm-hmm. These are things that we as a country need to move past. Mm-hmm. And I'll end on this of, I don't know when this other race, I think this racist race actually has come down, but much like our state has worked slash working slash is working to remove McCarran from our honored history. We're still, it's a fight that we're still having. And not to discredit our history, it's happened, but we have to at least acknowledge that it happened and move past it moving forward. Yes. Uh, the siren needs to end. McCarran needs to get out of the hall. That's, that's my end.
0: Yeah. Stop trying to find loopholes to keep these racist things around. Let's <laughs> just it already and move on. Kim, what broke your brain this week?
1: So it wasn't this week, but it's been something that I've been stewing on for quite some time. And I'm going to talk through the situation first and then what's actually broken my brain about the situation. So yeah. I preface this with, I, I'm I not sure if this happened in an American court or in an international court outside of America, but from my ba- basic legal understanding of things, most laws are written around the same legal structure. They all come from English common law. Eastern laws are very structured in their own way, but they all still try and integrate into the rest of the world law. A lot of laws coincide. A lot of laws draw from one another, even if they're not from the same countries. Okay. Nintendo, a (laughs) Japanese-based company, was able to get judgment on an individual for... Pirating or moving hardware used to modify and hack into Nintendo's hardware.
0: Okay.
1: And something that also needs to be said is, I'm not saying that this individual was a good person, because I don't know. I actually don't know if he was a good person. There have been some reports that he was actually a very bad person, despite what he did in this Nintendo case being kind of minor because he more or less was just an advertiser and he moved some hardware across the border. Okay. He didn't, that, that's the most that he did there. I digress. Regardless, even if you think that's a horrible crime, the judgment that they were able to pull onto him was $14 million. Wow. This is an individual who is 52 years old and has documented health problems that was preventing him from working prior to this judgment, barring all of that information, the the government that he is citizenship to, the, the Canadian government, has, has dictated, all right, we are going to garnish 30% of any wage that you make.
0: Wow. In order so that, to get the funds?
1: Yes. And that means that he would have to get $500 thousand dollars garnished every year for the next 30 years assuming he lives to 80 sure to pay that fine off now what what broke what what killed me about this was the fact of okay how is this okay well, we've normalized these types of fines, because this is a relatively normal fine when you look at corporate issues between companies, because we've said, oh, you know, it, it's, it's a small lump sum. It's enough to where, you know, it's always in the millions of dollars, blah, blah, blah. It's never enough, though, for corporations to really justify it never doing it again. It's not enough money. Mm-hmm. But at the flip side, with how U.S. law has been interpreted, those corporations are individuals. So they're garnishing those fines against an individual entity or an individual. This fine was garnished against an individual. It's all snuff. It's all okay. Yeah. Yeah, They set some precedent and it's not an okay precedent, but from like legal interpretations, they didn't do anything wrong. There's nothing wrong with how this was done. And yes, this was on an individual and there are, Ethical implications. I would believe there are definitely moral implications behind this, but at the end of the day, it's okay. Yeah. And this really, this really broke my brain because of something that you made—a comment that you made to me a little while ago, which was based on the call for young individuals to get involved in politics and you know show up and make their voices heard and say, "Hey, this is not okay." And them being frustrated with being told that because their response is, well, why do we have to do it? You why know, the system's broken. Yep. Like the, We look at things you like this, <laughs> like we look at just, I look at this, this lawsuit alone and I'm sitting here like, how, how is this justifiably okay? Mm-hmm. And yet everyone's looking at it like, well, He's screwed and there's nothing anyone can do.
0: Yeah.
1: Like the system is so fundamentally broken and yes, we want to get in and change it, but we don't have the, the, the people with the power to actually change it aren't necessarily listening to us, or at least they're not listening to us in a way that we need them to, or they're not stepping aside and allowing us to get in and make our voices heard. Mm -hmm. They're not retiring. They're not, you know,
0: but they will, and there are some. In-
1: are, will they retire or will they die? I, I'm, <laughs> I'm being serious. Like, I know you the, are. <laughs> the only ones that seem to actually retire are the ones who get hurt or get so physically <laughs> ill during their time that they can't continue on, so yeah. they have to retire. Other than that, most of them are, like, dying, They're refusing to our founding fathers built into built term limits into our constitution. And it's called elections. Modern politics has taken term limits out of the equation because once you get in, you can just keep raising money and then spending the money and you're never out and you're there until you die.
0: But we can vote, right? Like, yes, a lot of these people have, but we also, we, 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 we do have elections still, and so are we putting up candidates, viable candidates that can run against these older incumbents who are just sitting there and taking up a seat, and then also are we building coalitions and interest groups to support these candidates in order to beat them to unseat them and so it yep yeah, it's uh it's not easy work for sure, but I do think it is work that we need to do unless we just want to wait for them to die. And that just seems really frustrating.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, and knowing what I know and knowing what I know going into 24, my brain is still broken, mm-hmm. despite what you just said, because you're not wrong. But my brain is broken because that's not the answer. And that's what I'll leave it at.
0: All right. Well, I am going to lighten things up a bit with my Broke My Brain. And this was a fun thing to learn about. So NPR shared an article on April 21st. Oh, is
1: this about their Twitter shit?
0: No, 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 it's not. Because
1: like the whole Twitter handle stuff is like hilarious. <laughs> Sorry. great.
0: No, I do like how NPR has been playing with all that. But no, this... This actually takes partial route back to Nevada, which is why I chose this one. It was pretty awesome. So Mr. Pillow, Mike Lindell, he was so confident that there was proven election fraud from the 2020 election that he put out a challenge from some data that he acquired saying
1: probably from Robert Beatles
0: maybe I don't know I don't have it that deep but he basically said I know this election fraud it was real it happened I'm willing to pay five million dollars to somebody who can tell me it's not true so Mike Lindell is now being sued for five million (laughs) dollars (laughs) because there was a – I want to say he was an engineer, but I could be wrong – from Nevada who was able to actually go in and discover that, no, this is not true. I was able to decode all of this data that you've presented as evidence – You said in writing you would pay someone $5 million and Mike Lindell is refusing to pay the $5 million. So he's now saying that he's going to put out more data that would prove his previous claims and he shouldn't have to pay the initially promised challenge money. My favorite part, of this article that NPR did, the very last line of the article is a quote from Mike Lindell himself that says, I'll spend everything I have to save the country I love.
1: <laughs> well, it, I don't know. It sounds like he doesn't have anything to spend, but... Uh, oh,
0: I think he has the money, but um, he he's I, only yeah, willing they're... to pay it unless someone's trying to prove him wrong. So here's the thing that breaks my brain, okay? Because all that happened, but that's not the part that breaks my
1: brain. Yeah, because I was like, that's all relatively track
0: it is the part that actually breaks my brain is that some of these people like mike lindell knowing knowing very well that they're making shit up right they're making this stuff up just to Try well, to we, satisfy we least, a base.
1: Hey, we at least, uh, for to their credit, we at least knew that Fox News <laughs> knew that they were spreading lies. We <laughs> don't know if these people don't believe it. I, I, oh, my like, God. I, that's I, a
0: whole I, other thing, I, Tim. I, I, we're not getting I'm, into that. I'm just, say- okay. I'm just
1: saying we can't assume that they <laughs> yep. actually don't believe it.
0: You're not wrong. Okay. So, again, the, the part that breaks my brain is that People like Mike Lindell, knowing they're making things up out of thin air, actually thinking that people will not challenge them. Like that is a huge problem when the wealthy and the powerful think and fully believe that they will not be challenged on their bullshit, probably because they've gotten away with it for so long. And the reality is we need to push back more. And so I am very, very happy that somebody from Nevada stood up and represented this fight. And I hope that they get their $5 million out of that man.
1: (laughs) Well, and I, what I hate, because I know that this is true, but with the amount of uh, election deniers that we have in our state that are big names, we'll probably be seeing him in our state at least. (laughs) once if not twice again before he's in prison for not having enough money or something like that. I don't know.
0: (laughs) I mean, most of those friends within that circle seem to go to prison sometime or another.
1: Yes, but also back to my point, Uh they're not going to prison for long enough.
0: Oh, no. Yeah, I agree.
1: Like, it to the flip side, and this, I think, was pointed out, and this also kind of broke my brain about my my whole thing is this one individual has a $14 million fine for moving some hardware across the border. Meanwhile, a a TV actor who orchestrated and helped orchestrate a large cheating scam and like, like bribed a lot of people and did some, you know, arguably equally bad stuff. Mm -hmm. What they spent like, two months in probation or some, some stuff like, I don't even know what they got, but it's, the system is so disproportionately broken to those who are wealthy and Mm -hmm. those who have the means that Mm -hmm. like, what do they, do they want us to just revolt? Do they want us to like go to the streets and just start rioting? Like, I'm so confused. I mean... Don't say yes, because so many people have already said yes when I've asked that question.
0: Maybe you need a new question. God damn it. All right. So we did have to push back our guest interview. We are lining up schedules, but um, we'll see if that ends up panning out soon. If so, hopefully we'll be able to get that episode out to you next week. And on that note, Tim.
1: All right. So our spontaneous outro this week. Uh, First, we always got to shout out the email. What email are they sending suggestions to? Hello at nvpoliticspodcast.com. All right. So that is our email. Lease the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please listen to us. Follow us, like us, review us. There's like a star system or a thumb system. I don't know what system. But share us. It. Share us uh, with your us. friends. Yes, share us with your friends. I have also taken it upon myself to get us on more platforms so oh. that we are more shareable. Great. I don't know what that looks like. And this is the first that my co-host has heard, of, heard about it. So. Yep, that was news. Yes, we will be having <laughs> some fun time. But we, we got to get us on more places so that we cool. can get just beyond Apple. Like us, review us we'll be talking hopefully with someone maybe not different topics always different stuff hopefully earlier in the night cuz i'm a little delirious on this one but uh, we're making it through we've got a lot going on we're we're approaching signy die day and then we'll we're equally approaching the special session so yeah. we'll have more to talk about
0: uh, all
1: right Keep, keep following, keep liking, keep everything, keep sharing. Tell your friends, tell your parents, tell your grandparents. Don't tell your kids. Uh, they'll get bored. Tell We're your high schoolers, though. Yeah, tell your high schoolers, though, because we need to get them involved in politics.
0: Yep, yep. let's get them going now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Other than that. Cool. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.